Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast. We are so glad you're with us. We're a Bible-based church from Ontario, Canada, and together we're on a mission to reach people far from Christ and see them become devoted followers of Him. We have a special episode today just for you. This past Sunday was Mission Sunday, where we had eight different missions that we support financially as Pathway Church, and uh, they came in person to speak to us on what they're doing and how they're accomplishing God's work through what they do, and uh, it was really, really cool to hear these stories. So we're going to turn it over to them right now. Please enjoy Mission Sunday. Um, today is Mission Sunday. For those that don't know me, uh, my name is Nathan. I have the privilege of serving as the lead pastor here at Pathway Church. And today's a special Sunday that we uh, have been doing the last number of years, uh, one Sunday in November. And it's a Sunday where instead of you hearing from me, preaching, etc., etc., uh, we're actually going to be hearing from our mission partners and Christian workers in our community and who are working around the world. And it is so, so important uh, for us to hear from them and to hear what they are doing. Just wanted to open up with a few words and then I'll pass it off uh, to our guests for today. In the early years of Pathway Church, we made a strategic decision. And that decision was that our mission as a church, as a community, was going to be reach people far from God and to help them become devoted followers of Jesus. In other words, the core identity for us as a church would be that we are a gospel-sharing and disciple-making organization. That's what we do. That's our primary focus. And I believe that that's scriptural, and that's what the church is supposed to do. But uh, you might say, well, that's great, Nathan, but what about hungry people? That's great, Nathan, but what about homelessness? Well, that's great that we're making disciples, but what about uh, unwed mothers who are pregnant? What about disadvantaged youth in our community? What about, and of course, we have a scriptural mandate to help and support and and to do all of those things. You guys with me? Uh, One of the decisions we made early on, though, is as we started the church, we, we thought to ourselves, well, we could try to open up a soup kitchen. We could try to do a youth ministry downtown. We could try to uh, put a dent in these different issues. But then as we looked around, we, we recognized that there were already people and organizations who are hard at work with expertise, with heart, with passion, with their organizations doing these very same things. And we decided at the outset, like, what would it look like for us as a church to come alongside to support, right, to, to send money to send prayers and to send volunteers to put wind in the sails of organizations that are doing that so that we could partner with them. And that's what today is all about, sharing with you some of the stories of our partners. One passage of scripture, I'm a pastor, I couldn't help it. Matthew 5 verse 14 says this, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. But they put it on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others. Jesus says that as his followers, we're to be lights in the world. Now, it sounds like if we're a light in a dark place, that we're drawing all the attention to ourselves. And let me assure you that today, Mission Sunday is not about us. Even though there's a lot to celebrate, we're making a difference and we're helping. But this is actually not all about us. Jesus thankfully continues and he says this, So let your light shine before others that they may see your good works And give glory to your Father who is in heaven. That the glory and the celebration is all aimed at our Father in heaven who makes it all possible. And so uh, we're going to hear some stories today of how our church is making a difference through these organizations in supporting of them. And uh, I decided a long time ago that I was perfectly happy with Pathway Church being in the shadows and, and supporting other organizations and helping them win. 
as long as the gospel is going forward and our God is getting the glory. One quick story. Um, in the first year of our church, uh, we were a very brand new church. And in the first full year, our budget for the year was $70,000, which might sound like a lot, but it's not for an organization. We have rent and bills and all that stuff. We had no staff, zero, not even a part-time staff member. And in that first year, we decided we were going to take the first 10% of every dollar donated to this organization, and we were going to send it out to other great organizations. In that first year, we took on a nurse, a full-time nurse in Garissa, Kenya, which we have continued to support. You'll see that later in a video for the last 13 years. But over the years, as our budget has increased and as giving has increased here, we've been able to add on um, so many more partners and support so many great organizations. In fact, this year... We will give more money away to our partners than our entire revenue for the first year, which is incredible. And that's a testament to all of you who give generously. Yeah. So, last thing I want to say before we invite up our presenters uh, for today is simply this. That while, yes, when you give to this church, the first 10% is going out to many of these organizations in financial support. I want this to be more for us being for Peterborough, for us being for our community, is more than just sending money. We truly want to partner with these individuals who you're going to hear from. And so that means that I would hope that as we progress forward, that people from Pathway are volunteering with these people, getting on their boards, helping in various different ways, so that it's not just a financial donation, but it's true partnership. And that's our goal. And so at the end of the service, uh, we're going to try. We have lots of presenters. I'll ask them to try to stick to four or five minutes so that we can finish at the, at the right time and so that all of you have a chance to, to talk to them. They have booths set up the back. It's a great opportunity to ask questions and find out how you can support them um, and partner with them. So with all that being said, I'm going to invite our... Um, let me see what we got here. Number one. Uh, yeah, so we have uh, Scott Cooper and Ranny. These are our newest uh, partners um, and so Scott Cooper's been working with the, the homeless in our, in our community, and Randy's been working with the newcomers in um, our city. And so I'll invite Scott to come up as his video plays. I'll give you a little bit of a glimpse into his world. Morning, Pathway Church. Scott Cooper here from uh, Street Level Advocacy, checking in with you. Um, we're down here at... Tent City. Behind me, you can see our trucks, and there's Gary back there serving coffee, and Leanne's chatting with a few uh, friends of ours. Um, just wanted to kind of show you uh, the center of Tent City and the way folks are having to live down here. We um, are coming down five days a week, uh, Monday to Friday, and we uh, have coffee and waters and uh, donated clothing and sandwiches. Leanne's going to tell you a little bit more about the Loaves of Love program in just a minute or so. But um, we have folks that are making us sandwiches so that we have six to eight loaves of sandwiches a day um, that we're able to come and provide for these folks. Um, changes are coming up very quickly. There's 50 sleeping cabins that have arrived in the parking lot across from here. And uh, the word is that next week they will begin to move residents from here, 50 lucky residents, into those warm uh, steel sleeping cabins. There's power in them, there's heat, there's hydro, there's uh, air conditioning even. Uh, what we're concerned about will be the other 30 or so folks that are left here in the parking lot. They'll be asked to move. And so we are quite aware that we might be um, 
looking in ravines and behind Walmart and behind Costco and different places that we might find folks. We will make it our ambition to go and find them and uh, continue to provide uh, food and clothing for them too. So we just wanted to show you uh, here where we minister. Um, of course, uh, it's a friendship uh, situation where we build trust and relationship. Um, and because we've been down here every day for um, many months, there's natural uh, conversations that can occur and, and folks share their problems and their difficulties and we have the opportunity to pray, to invite God into the midst and to cause them to look to the Lord. So um, those are our opportunities. We take them as often as we can and uh, we're believing for even bigger and greater things for the sake of the kingdom in the future. But please pray for street uh, level advocacy and uh, for Tent City and for these friends of ours that um, Jesus loves. God bless you. Good morning, Pathway. It's a pleasure to be here, and I just want to say a big thank you to you folks and to Pastor Nathan for uh, taking us on as, as uh, one of your monthly uh, sponsors for for reaching this city. And uh, when I started two years ago, I was one guy walking around with a backpack. I just kind of wandered around asking the Holy Spirit, where am I supposed to go? Who am I supposed to talk to? Today we have, uh, as I said, five five days a week. We are down there with three to five volunteers every day. We have a rotation of 10 volunteers that help us through the week, every week. And uh, one of them is your own Kathy Cutt, who's, who comes and helps us, and we just appreciate her so much. And I was sitting down and doing, uh, going back over the year, there have been 11 pathway uh, people that have come to the parking lot to help us over this last year, not including... Uh, a big portion of your youth group that came last October. So Pathways heavily invested in the streets of Peterborough, and I thank you for that investment. Um, we have now, uh, I've become a, a full-time missionary with our movement, the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada, and so I'm full-time down there. And then we have uh, actually a Bible college student who did her internship with me and then has started part-time as another uh, missionary, and she's uh, three days a week. Her name is Leanne Davidson. She can't be here today. She was hoping to be. But she started a little program called Loaves of Love. And in that ministry, we have five area churches that make us sandwiches every week. We have over 40 loaves of sandwiches that are made on a weekly basis so that we are equipped with sandwiches, coffee, water, and donated clothing every time we come. We always, always bring gifts. And that's the key to the hearts. You, you need to read the parable of the shrewd manager, what Jesus told. Um, we, we give gifts unashamedly, and, and we build relationship, and we linger down there with intent. So it's been awesome to have Leanne. Because she's come on, she covers Thursdays for me. And I've been able to go Thursday mornings at 7 o'clock to the morning briefings with uh, the police. And I am a volunteer uh, police chaplain, so... I have my own cute little bulletproof vest and everything says chaplain on it. And I, I accompany, I go to their morning briefing and then accompany a different officer every week so that I can get to know the team. We have an incredible team of uh, officers. A few of them go to this church. 
they're tremendous with our downtown people, and those two um, worlds, believe it or not, do, do collide. Sometimes I do meet people that I know from Tent City <laughs> when we're in the cruiser responding to calls. So uh, I'm doing that every week and uh, enjoying both of those um, opportunities that I have because of the sport. Um, and so I just wanted to say a big thank you to you. We're, we're hoping to start a, uh, to have a downtown drop-in center where we could have a laundry machine and coffee for folks and play the chosen in the corner, have folks, have the church engage with people that please pray for us that we could find that location and, um, just continue to pray for us. Thank you for your support. Um, I just, a quick story. This Friday, I was in the parking lot. Somebody gave us a donation of a bunch of apples. And there was a girl uh, in her 30s who'd been on the street for a long time, and she's, she was hanging around. And, and, and I said, do you want an apple? She goes, I love apples, but I can't. A lot of them have really bad teeth because, uh, because of the drugs. And she said, I need them cut up. I said, well, I'll cut one up. I had my knife, and I started cutting one up. And she said, you know, my grandma used to take the skin off for me. And I said, well, I'm not your grandma, you know, and we were teasing, teasing back and forth. And, and then I, you know, as we're talking and we just linger and chat and, and, uh, I peeled the skin off the one for her and I handed it to her and I said, in memory of Grammy. And I kind of said it with a little bit of a, a grin. She just broke down and began to cry. Like, I mean, crocodile tears. And I just kind of was able to pull her into my chest. And I said, Jesus loves you. You know, like, I, I don't know what was going on there, but she said, thank you so much for caring, because I peeled an apple. We are Jesus 10 minutes at a time. We take those opportunities to show forth the love of Christ. Thank you for equipping us and enable us to be down there. God bless you. Hello, everyone. I'm Rani Ibrahim, uh, the leader of uh, Newcomers Mission. If you notice from my last name, Ibrahim, which means Abraham, and that means my great, 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 great father <laughs> was the prophet Abraham. I'm joking. Don't believe me. <laughs> so the Newcomers Mission uh, has many programs, social programs and spiritual programs. The social programs are prior meeting, worship meeting, Tim Hortons program, visitation program, where I meet newcomers and share in my face with them and uh, listen to their problems. And the social programs are um, gatherings at the, at the Bridge Youth Center uh, for families, youth, children, and um, Canadian citizenship test workshop series, English uh, classes, and also we are doing a private sponsorship group, translation programs, and we are helping newcomers to find uh, housings, and to find jobs, and um, God has blessed us to know some landlords, and they, like, last a few months, we were able to help uh, more than 10 families to find housings. Usually, they ask for credit history, credit history, but they don't do that because I know them and they know me, and um, I think the best way to talk more about the ministry is showing some pictures, and I'm going to talk for every picture, and this picture, you will see we are helping some newcomers with the process of becoming Canadian citizen, and we help them to prepare to do the Canadian citizenship test, and with their applications when they apply for the Canadian citizenship, and also when they are doing their ceremony. This kind of ceremony are, has been made online, as you see. Can we show the next picture? This is the same family that we were helping to do their ceremony, 
Can I have the next picture, please? And this, when we visit some newcomers' family, and in the picture you will see my mother. She's doing volunteer work with, uh, with our ministry. Some uh, new, uh, newcomers' family, they have a new babies. Can I see the... Okay, and uh, this also when me and my mom, we were visiting uh, some newcomers' family. And this family, uh, they asked for our help to sponsor their son to come from Turkey through private sponsorships groups. And thanks for God, uh, we did everything, and he will be coming soon. Uh, as you notice from the picture, you will see the Middle Eastern food. If that will make you hungry, sorry about that. Okay. And also, as I mentioned, we have newcomers in different ways with translation programs where I go with the newcomers when they have a medical appointment, for example. And this Syrian man, he went to a hearing clinic and he asked my help because he doesn't speak English. They put him in isolated rooms and I was helping there. The next picture, please. And this the Christmas market that happened uh, last Christmas at the Bridge Youth Center. Jennifer Glossman has said that we are doing Christmas market if you have some newcomers family, uh, want to sell something, and I can give you some tables. So I brought some Syrian family and Ukrainian family. You will see food too, and I'm sorry about that too. So, and this family, they are two families, they were trying to collect some money to sponsor their relatives to come to Canada through private sponsorships group, through selling this kind of food, which is so delicious. And this uh, another family that we helped to come to Canada through private sponsorships groups. There's a picture at the airport. Can I have the next picture, please? And then when me and my mom, we met with them at Tim Hortons. Uh, I met with uh, many newcomers at Tim Hortons. Actually, Tim Hortons is, you can say, it's my office. <laughs> the next picture, please. And we did Right for Refuge event. Uh, it is like a fundraising event to support the ministry because we are looking for financial support. And uh, the, this picture from this event, we have uh, many newcomers from different countries to help me as a volunteer from Syria, Ukraine, and Afghanistan. And uh, we have also different believers from different churches. They come to participate in this event too. And this is my volunteering team. You see they are Syrians and Ukrainian. Can I see the next picture? And as you know, we have uh, children. They always want to help. So they were my volunteering too. And this picture actually can explain a lot of some of our programs. Uh, this picture from a small uh, prior meeting in the worship meeting. There are some newcomers they used to attend this meeting, and some of them they were attending this meeting for the first time. And this picture you will see two families has been sponsored through private sponsorships groups, and one individual also we helped to sponsor him. Uh, we sponsored many, but in this picture only showing two families and one person. And also in this picture you will see four people that we helped to find a job. Actually, we help money, but uh, many of them to find a job. But in this picture, you will see only four. And also, in this picture, you will see two families that we help to find housings. When I say helping to find housings, we help to find houses with the landlords. It's like company, for example. They don't ask for credit history or co-signer because they know us. And in this picture, also, you will see many newcomers, some of them from Iraq, from Syria, from Ukraine, from Turkey, from Iran. The, the, the girl from Iran, she got baptism last year, and uh, also from Afghanistan, and uh, some of them also, they used to attend our gathering programs. The next picture. And this is the, the last picture. Uh, this is one of our gatherings that we, use, that we do at the Bridge Youth Center. 
This is a new Syrian arrival family to our city, and I ask a team from Peterborough Social Services Ontario Works to come and give us a presentation, and uh, they came on Saturday, which is a weekend. Thanks for God they accept. They, they were okay to work on the weekend, and as you see, many families that benefit from this presentation. Uh, we have a many wonderful story from the ministry. Um, uh, one of them, uh, as example, they are a Syrian man. He was in the picture. His uncle is imam at the mosque, and he was asking him, him a lot of questions, and the answer that he used to get don't make sense for him, and he only find his answer in Christianity. So I meet with him every week, and uh, every, every time I meet with him, he has uh, very great questions. And um, he has a faith in Christ, but in the future he will have enough encouragement to announce him to his family and to his community. He came with me to Pathway Church last Sunday, and I introduced him to Pastor Nathan. And we have a many wonderful story. If you would like to know more stories, or if you would like to support the ministry, please feel uh, free to communicate with, uh, with uh, Pathway Church. Thank you so much, and God bless you. Awesome. <clears throat> Thank you, guys. I uh, really appreciate hearing that. You know, these are two ministries that we can have an impact in an area, a demographic in our community that may not be uh, as easy for us to touch. And so seeing them there, being able to support is so great. Uh, next, we're going to have a, a video about the, the nurse and the mission in Africa that we've been supporting for 13 years. And then following up for that, we'll hear from Tony Jones and Carl uh, from Haiti and Kids Against Hunger. So. One of the big projects for close to 20 years, we started a project in uh, Kenya, Garissa, uh, and then uh, about five years after we started the first project, we started the hospital, started small, uh, a lot of threats, and then eventually the local leader said, we will be your fence, because they saw we were there to serve their people, people fighting real poverty and real sickness with very little resources, and I'll never forget the sadness in the eyes of those mothers as they waited in the sun. We had some shade for them to get in to see our nurse. And thank God we have others that stand with us. We have another church that stands with us to pay for the nurse. Friends was established in 1998 to encourage folks with a hand up mandate. When a German doctor said, I will volunteer and bring medicine for 5,000 lepers in Africa, but someone has to build us a clinic, friends built that clinic. And it's now a school, and it's sustainable. Friends has educated thousands of the poorest, but then they have knowledge so they can make their way in this world without support. That's sustainable. However, the nurse that you, Pathway, supports and the friend's clinic in Garissa is not sustainable. A sick child, a poor mother, they have so little. And then they come looking for help. And we're there, you're there, to help them. But often, just like the Good Samaritan, we have to pay the bill. This clinic is in a very dangerous region. Our staff are risking their lives. The local Muslim leaders so appreciate us that they have said, we will be your fence, which means we're here to protect you. So Pathway, thanks for being a friend. Thanks, 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 Thanks,
thank God for the leadership here at Pathway and for all of you. I am so blessed to be standing up here along with the others because we get to be on the receiving end of your blessings. And I just wish I could take you all to Haiti sometime just to show you what you're doing uh, with your your prayers and your support. And uh, before I begin, I have a verse here. I'd just like to read a verse out of Isaiah 52 because this basically tells us what, what I'm doing over there in Haiti. And it says, How beautiful on the mountain are the feet of those who bring good news. And that is what we do in the mountains of Haiti. We bring good news. Okay, sister, could we start with a picture <clears throat> quickly? Well, there's Haiti. I, I, I thought I had it marked where I was, but I'm, I'm right in there somewhere. We're, we're in the mountain region there. And could you go to the last, the very last slide? Okay, so what I want to let you know, for the last 10 years, you've supported a, uh, a school in the mountains, actually one of our furthest regions. And there's, there's Brutus uh, with the jacket on down, and that's the teachers you've been supporting for about 10 years. And the, the, how we support them is, of course, through, through monthly, we, we pay their wages. But what I do with the schools is we will not pay the teachers unless they allow us to bring the gospel into the school. 95% of the people in the mountains practice voodoo and they can't read or write. So, of course, when we say we'll pay your teachers, but we got to bring you the gospel, they're like, no problem, you're paying us. Average teacher up there, they haven't been paid in months. The mountain people are so dirt poor. So what happens? We bring the gospel into the schools. These children go home to their voodoo parents. They're talking about this Jesus. And these parents are like, what are they teaching at this school? Next thing you know, the parents are coming in the morning hearing children's stories. And you would not believe the move of God in these communities. So when, when, when Nate and them first came, they, they had a church of about 20 people. There's 200 there now. And literally every child... 250 of the 300 families have come to the Lord. What a move of God. It's, it's unbelievable. Okay, so these are the guys that should be up here. I want you to pray for Franz on the left. Let's go left to right. There's Franz, Edward, Enoch, and Jordani. These are mountain guys that God has brought to me. And there's another picture, sister. So while we're up in the mountains doing the children's programs to these eight-year-olds, six-year-olds, seven-year-olds, all the teenagers started coming around because we feed them. They could smell the food. All of a sudden, we've got 17-year-old, 18-year-old teenagers sitting in on these, these Bible stories. So what I had to do was bring these guys left to right, John Roger, John Luke, Robinson, and Edward at the back. And uh, we brought them aboard, and they're our teenage ministry. And we're, so we're, given, uh, we're, we're talking to the teenagers, and the Lord is moving there. We have a prison ministry. I mean, I can go on and on. This is what the prisoners look like when we go there. We've had, we've had almost 300 prisoners die of starvation since January in Haiti. Right now, the country, it, it's just in total, total desiree. But what we do is, here they are, we feed them seven days a week, but we give them the gospel first. That was the deal. If I feed them, you got to allow us to bring the gospel. They're a captive audience. They can't go anywhere. We give them the word. You would not believe the move of God in this prison. It's, it's, it's unreal. Keep going, please. This is little Benelson. I thought our kids' programs. 
Now, in Haiti right now, gangs control almost half of the country, if not more. When they, what they'll do is they'll move into an area and they'll go to the people and say, we want your house. And if you don't move, they kill you. Well, that's what happened to Benelson's mom and dad. They killed them right in front of this little boy. Now, 80% of the people in town are from the mountains. So what happened was Benelson was brought back to his mountain community because his mom and dad were, were killed. They, that just so happened to be close to one of our kids' programs. And our little children were coming on a Saturday, and they told Edward, our teacher, Oh, this little boy, he's crying all the time. He won't stop crying. He's, he's new. Can we bring him? And Edward said, Bring him. So they brought this little boy, and Edward said he wouldn't stop crying. But then he heard about the love of Jesus. And the third time they brought him, he gave his life to the Lord. And Edward said, Tony, he didn't ask him to come into his life. He begged him to come into his life. That little kid is such a ray of hope now. He is the light of our program. He's the first one there and the last one to leave. And we were able to get him clothes and we helped support the family looks after him. Unbelievable move of God. We're up in one area. I'm up there. This takes, uh, to get there, it takes 12 hours. But because of you brothers and sisters, we were able to buy a quad. We can get there in seven hours now. And when I get there, they're always feeding me this mountain coffee. Let me tell you, that would take the paint off a barn, this coffee, if you know what I mean. But, so I need something to, to soak it up. Well, oh, Brother Tony, would you like some bread? And I'm like, the teeth are sitting on the bottom of the cup. I'm like, please, Madeline, bring us some bread. Hour and a half later, the ladies come back with six little breads. And I'm like, an hour and a half, they had to go to another mountain area to get bread. What do we do? We build a bakery. We gave them a bakery. And here we are discipling them. We always give them Christ first. Christ has got to be in the center of everything we do. And so we give them the gospel. Of course, man can't live on bread alone, right? They almost do there, though. And we were able to to bring the gospel to this area. Unbelievable move of God through that bakery. All right, so faith comes by hearing, go and make disciples, as Matthew says. So what we're, now what we're doing is we're starting a discipleship program. These are the first three classes. These are, these are the mountain leaders that we, that we uh, are, are bringing up. And I'm getting too old to ride these donkeys. So we're training and equipping them so they can go back and, and they'll give the gospel to their remote communities. It's, it's, it's just, it's awesome. That's it. All right. So, brothers and sisters, like I said, I just wish I could, I, I could take you there. But I want to thank you for your prayers and support and all you do. And God is building this church one soul at a time. Now you're going to hear from Carl because you know what? They've got to be alive to hear the word. And Carl helps feed them. So thank you so much. I love you and uh, thank you for your prayers and support. You're a tough act to follow, Tony. I just, uh, our charity exists um, primarily because of people like Scott and Tony, who are the missionaries that are in the field. And if you spend a day with them, you just get to appreciate how special these people are. They uh, certainly put God first, and uh, I'm just honored to, um, to be a part of uh, helping them where we can. My name's Carl Nobine. I'm the president and founder of Kids Against Hunger Canada. Our mission is to feed God's starving children, and uh, I just want to uh, give a big thank you to Pathway, who's been instrumental in our success and, and growth since about 2011. 
And Pastors Nathan and Todd Cook have both served on our board for about 10 years and uh, helping us to grow. And Nathan and I both went to Haiti with uh, Tony and got a, a real eye-opening. It just makes me uh, my love and appreciation for the hard work that they do. And it's amazing how strong and powerful Satan is. But when you go there, it's nothing for God. Just a breath of his from him can destroy anything and bring back the good in this world. So um, we have a, a food packet that uh, it contains four ingredients. And I believe it's God-anointed. Uh, comes in a triple-ply plastic bag that will resist rodents. It won't explode in the airplanes. It won't um, break if you throw it around. And um, it has rice, which is eaten by all cultures in the world. It has dehydrated vegetables. And if for no other reason, mom said eat your vegetables. It has uh, textured soy, which is three times the protein of meat, making it completely vegan. And it's fortified with eight vitamins and minerals. And then it also has a seasoning that's a vegetable seasoning. And it's got, it was generated, um, produced by the giants in the food industry. And it has 21 different vitamins and minerals that um, are targeted to alleviate starvation-related diseases such as spina bifida and blindness. You boil it in water for 20 minutes and uh, it'll feed six children. But after 20 minutes, even if the water's slightly contaminated, it'll be potable. So it's uh, God-anointed all around. People like Tony, they have feeding programs. He reads in the Word. They get fed. They get fed spiritually. Um, our goal was to uh, have about 70% of our, our food go internationally as aid and 30% in Canada. But unfortunately, um, the need in Canada has been uh, greater, and about 42% um, if you can put up the, the chart, um, has gone to, has stayed in Canada. But uh, we have um, 1.8 million meals basically have gone to British Columbia, Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, Ontario, Quebec, Nova Scotia, and Nunavut. Uh, meals to Africa have gone to Angolia, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Kenya, Liberia, Malawi, Sierra Leone, Tanzania, and Uganda. In the Caribbean, we've shipped food to Cuba, Dominica, Haiti, Jamaica, Republic of Dominica. Central America, we've gotten food to El Salvador, Guatemala, and Honduras. In South America, we've sent food to Peru. And we've also been able to get food to uh, Ukraine, Asia, Pacific, Sri Lanka, and the Philippines. And uh, um, recently, uh, if you can show the next uh, screen, this just came in. It's... Uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Simone, he's out of Toronto, and uh, he just recently just sent this to us, and he does takes our food and distributes it. And um, I'll just read you a short little thing that he, he sent here. Um, October 23rd, dear good people of Canada, we've just returned from Africa. We saw all your gifts arriving safely. In one area, we found 50 malnourished children. The children come from the local, to the local hospital. The families are very poor, and they have to provide their own food. For this reason, I'm going back on an emergency basis in November to bring some money to the matron Josephine who can help these people. Please know that your help is so precious. God bless you all. Andrew Simone. And um, uh, COVID has been a real obstacle out there. And uh, there was a point we thought, like, these are your starving children, and there's a COVID, and we can't pack. And... 
prayed over it, and then we found out that we're considered an essential service, as God would have it, and so we were able to pack. The problem is that we couldn't, you know, with social distancing and whatnot, there were some obstacles, but we were able to do it. And um, since then, we've started to recover, and we're actually going to pack about uh, um, 400,000 meals this year, which is pretty amazing. In our peak before COVID, we're about 500,000, but we've been hit with a double whammy with inflation, costs of transportation almost doubling, but then there's also the other side. Everybody else is hurting, so donations are that much more scarce. So to be getting back to 400,000, we're really happy. We've packaged 4.2 million meals to date, and... Uh, that's just been amazing. And I just want to say, uh, uh, with Pathway, the recent, in last year, your food went to Cuba, which was the first time we got into Cuba, and it's the government makes it so hard to get it in there, and it sat at the docks for about six weeks, and with lots of prayer, it got into where it was needed. And we also recently um, got food to Levi Beardy, and he got it to six First Nation reserves in northern Ontario that we couldn't get to otherwise. We've also been able to get some food into Ukraine as well. So I just want to say uh, how appreciative we are for Pathways' ongoing support and caring for the least of these, the less fortunate. And if you want to see the face of Jesus, we're reminded in Matthew 25, verse 40, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And I just thank you so much. Thanks, Carl. Thanks, Tony. Uh, we have uh, three more uh, short presentations. The next one we're going to hear from is Kawartha Food Share. Um, unfortunately, they were not able to be here uh, in person today, so they sent a video. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Kawartha Food Share is a large warehouse that provides food for almost uh, every different distribution food banks, all of those things. Uh, and so we decided many years ago to support them financially each month. And we want to be part of the solution, making sure that people have food and nutrition in our community. And so we'll hear a quick video uh, from uh, Korth Future, and then we'll have Helen DeLuna and Youth Unlimited. So. Hi everyone, my name is Ashley. I'm the general manager here at Kawartha Food Share. Um, for those of you that don't know, Kawartha Food Share is a food distribution center here in Peterborough. Um, we service Peterborough and County with emergency food support for anyone that's in need. So we do this by um, sending food orders out through member agencies. We have 37 member agencies. Um, those are composed of different food banks, meal programs, food cupboards, local shelters, essentially anywhere where someone can access, access emergency food um, in the city or county, that food comes from our warehouse. Um, and we basically exist because there's only so many resources out there for organizations to access, only so many donors, only so many grocery stores, only so many corporations willing to donate product. Um, and so by them donating it all here, we can fair share it out to everyone based on the number of people that they're feeding to ensure that everyone has an adequate amount of food. Um, so times have really been tough the last couple of years for everyone. As you know, the cost of living is extremely high. Lack of affordable housing is a huge issue in our city. Um, and numbers at the food banks are continuing to rise because of this. Uh, Pre-pandemic, we were feeding about anywhere from 7,500 to 9,000 people a month at our agencies. Um, and now it's not a surprise at all to see about 15,000 people a month using our services. Um, and on top of the food banks and meal programs, we also support all 51 local schools for breakfast and nutrition programs. So those programs are feeding 17,000 kids a day. So very staggering numbers for 
a community our size. Um, and we really, you know, appreciate the support of Pathway, whether that's your monetary support each month, um, volunteering in our warehouse or volunteering at our food drives. Many of you have volunteered, um, especially at our Porch Pirates food drive over the last couple of years. And we're just so appreciative of that. We run a very um, small group, a small organization here in terms of staffing. So we have two full-time and three part-time staff and the rest of the work here is done by volunteers. So we see anywhere from a hundred volunteers a week. Um, and we have about 400 volunteers in our database that all have various jobs that, um, you know, really make Court the Food Share what it is. And we're just so fortunate to live in a community where people want to get back and want to help each other. And um, we really wouldn't be here without the volunteer support. So I really just wanted to take this time to thank you uh, for all that you do, not just for us, but for many organizations in our community that really, really appreciate your support. Um, and if anyone is ever interested in lending a helping hand, we can definitely put you to work. Please just contact me at any time and we'd be happy to chat and find a position that is uh, the best fit for you. So thank you on behalf of all of our staff and board of directors for all that you do for us. We couldn't be more thankful and thank you for the opportunity to have me speak today. Next we have Helen Luna. I'll be quick. <laughs> All right. Good morning. So I'm Helen. I'm the executive director of the Peterborough Pregnancy Support Services. So we've been here for 85, no, since 1985, so that's 38 years. I just would like to give you some stats because uh, my husband loves his stats. So because stats apparently is uh, just common sense and uh, I, I don't have that according to him. But anyway, 50% of pregnancies are, are unplanned. And about 54 have religious affiliation as against 38 who doesn't have a religious, so that, religious affiliation. That, so that is very significant. Now what are our services? I won't go through all the services, but we just would like to uh, let you know that we are already we are a pregnancy care clinic since 2017. So we have nurses on staff, and a medical director who is also my husband is uh, the medical director of our clinic. So what we do is we have pregnancy medical grade pregnancy tests uh, given by our nurses and STI testing. If you want to know more about STI testing, uh, we have our booth there. What I'd like to emphasize today is our post-abortion uh, services, which is really the, the, the key to our what we do, because there are clients who have abortions, and, and that is a given. I have personally seen various women and men suffer through that uh, through by, with abortions. But on the other hand, we also have parenting classes, and parenting classes includes Bible lessons, and uh, they are available online. And so uh, there are actually 10 clients who, who are doing that right now or have done it. So I just would like to, to, to you to, for you to know that we are doing this, all the support that we are giving them. Now, I just would like to introduce our team to you because I think it is important. 
I am just uh, a quarter of the team, but these are uh, these that that's our team. Our nurse, uh, we 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 have another nurse, but go figure, she is on uh, she's actually on uh, maternity leave. <laughs> and then our board of directors, uh, and uh, I think you are familiar with Susan, who is who attends here. Uh, Susan, with her permission, is stepping down this year, so uh, we need another uh, board of director. And David Rivers would really like a man to, uh, to, to be with, with us. So we are not a standalone ministry. We need support. Our logo represents, if you can just, uh, the next slide. Uh, we, these are the four pillars, uh, people, community, working together, and love. It, it, it is especially um, really uh, important for us to love, the, the love portion of it, because we give our clients unconditional love, Be he, because we love them because we were first loved, and that is in First John uh, 4, 4, 9. So thank you so much for your attention, and, uh, and if you have any questions, I'll just be there. Thank you. Wow, thank you so much, Helen. Uh, I am the last act, so you guys get to leave potentially after this. So, I am Josh Lott, and I am with Peterborough Youth Unlimited, uh, which is an organization that is a part of Kortha Youth for Christ. And so I'm here to share with you about uh, the strategic partnership that you guys have with us and what, what we are doing on the ground level connecting with youth uh, in our communities, in communities not only in, uh, in, in not only communities within Peterborough, but also within Lakefield and other uh, and other areas throughout the Kawarthas. Uh, so, just so you know, when you guys go when you guys go back to the back there, we have Lakefield Youth Unlimited over there, and Lakefield Youth Unlimited, uh, their satellite director is Chris Jones, who attends this church. And so, if you want to learn more about what Lakefield is up to, he is an expert on that, and so I encourage you to go back and talk to him. But on our booth on the other side, they for some reason decided to separate us, I don't know why. Uh, on the other side, uh, we have information on our programs and what's happening and going on within our organization. And I just want to highlight a couple of things in our organization. Uh, so we currently have two drop-in centers that we run as missional hubs for those communities. And part of the, our desire as a missional hub is we, uh, we want to engage within the community in their context in the hopes of sharing the gospel with them, but also caring for those people, those youth and those young families holistically. And so the locations of our two centers, one is in the downtown core, 256 Brock Street. It's been there a long time. It was actually Tim Coles that started the drop-in center, and he also attends this church here. And so if you want to know more about that history, you can talk to him. And then recently we started a newer, pro, uh, a newer center, uh, missional hub, called uh, The Hub, interestingly enough, The Hub. And it is uh, the goal of that 
is to be connecting with the Tallwood community. And so our uh, Cephas Church, Cephas Christian Reformed Church, actually gave us a building that we can use as a hub for connecting with young families and use it as a drop-in center. Uh, Currently, right now, uh, I have the privilege of getting to lead and to work with Justin Drakeup, who is our outreach worker. And I would say he's more like a community connector in that community because he has done an amazing job not only connecting with families and individuals and children uh, and running programs for children, but also uh, what we've realized since coming into that community is how disconnected people were coming out of COVID. And Justin and his team, volunteer team, has done an amazing job at bringing community together through, through various programs and, just, and even just their children's programs, bringing families together and cr- creating and developing a strong sense of community uh, with, uh, with the gospel being shared at the very root of that. And so if you want to learn more about that, uh, I encourage you to talk to Justin. He is at the back. Um, but there's one thing that I want to highlight as, uh, as we close off is Youth for Christ has this vision mission statement called uh, that, that Tim literally makes us repeat all the time. And I have it literally ingrained in my brain right now. But it's such a great statement. And it's, it's, the statement is that we desire as an organization, as Youth for Christ Canada chapters all across Canada, we desire to see every young person living fully in Christ. And one of the things I want to highlight in that statement, and I think is so key to what we're doing here and and, and what you guys are are pouring into as we strategically partner together, uh, Pathway uh, and and, and Youth for Christ in this area, is this fully part. We We understand, and you guys sitting here understand, that the Christian journey doesn't end with this decision to follow Jesus. But it, there's so much more of an experience after that. And it's this disciple-making. As we're following Jesus, we are also learning to live fully in a relationship with him and what that looks like. Because Jesus is the model of that. And, and in turn, we are also sharing and expressing this and seeing disciples that make disciples that make disciples. And that's this disciple-making culture that we desire to create. And so there was this young man, and this one story really highlights the root of that. There's this young man over, uh, over a year ago that entered into our drop-in program uh, that, like most of, our, most of the youth we connect with, was deeply struggling with a, coming from a broken family, uh, has been struggling with a lot of health issues, and feeling very disconnected, lost, and not knowing where he's going. Through that, our volunteers and, uh, and me and a couple of our other staff connected with him. And then in, in one of our programs, our, uh, one of our programs, he approached me and pulled me off to the side. He said, Josh, like, I hear you guys talking about Jesus, and I'm seeing just something different about you guys. Can, I want to know more about I want to know more about him. I want to know more about what it means to follow him. That began a journey over uh, this time, this time last year, began a journey of us working and meeting with him, meeting him where he's at, allowing him to ask questions, and in turn, him choosing to follow Jesus. 
But like I said, it just doesn't stop there. That fullness in his life began to spew out of his relationship with Jesus. In turn, he was taking steps of like seeking out community, out, even outside of us, into landing in a church and a community where he, where he was also supported, but also encouraged him. Finding a young adult's community that he could be a part of and creating a great community of friends that, that he could walk and journey with in this faith journey. And then, in this picture behind me, is this happened two weeks ago. He had approached me a couple months before this picture was taken. He said, I've heard about what it, uh, baptism as I've been reading through God's word, and I want to do this. And I'm like, okay, that's amazing. Like, let's, let's try and plan it at your church and get you, uh, like, we can connect with you and make sure that you understand and know what it is and uh, get the pastor to do that with you. And he, said, he stopped me and he said, he's like, actually, I want to do it with a greater purpose. I want people to know people that I'm close with. I want this to be, uh, be, a, uh, be something that shows them what it means to follow Jesus. And so he's like, I want to do it at the very same drop-in program where I began to discover who Jesus was. He's like, I want my friends and the people I connect with to know why I'm doing this and the very same hope that they can have. He's like, and so we got to baptize him a couple weeks ago in our drop-in center. And there was a bunch of youth that were like, why in the world is this bathtub full of water in the middle of our drop-in center? And, it, and, and they witnessed what had happened. And they witnessed him sharing his story and his experience and how God had transformed his life and how he's living fully in pursuit of him. Out of that, two students had approached him wanting to know more. Two people that if he didn't do that in front of them and was intentional with that, wouldn't understand the hope that they can have in Jesus. This youth, living fully in Christ, is now discipling two students that are just, he's maybe just one year older than them, intentionally and sharing the gospel with them. because they And now they also want to be baptized too, and they want to know what it means to fully follow him. And this is a disciple-making culture that we are seeing in Youth for Christ. And thank you so much for your strategic partnership in, in journeying with us through this as we see youth throughout all of Peterborough, Lakefield, the Kawarthas, all of Canada, experiencing what it means to fully live in a relationship with him. So thank you. Well, that's it for the presentations today, although there are a number that we didn't even have time to have them up on the stage. We have Chris Jones, as was mentioned, Lakefield uh, Youth, Youth Unlimited, and uh, they're at the back, so please make sure to stop and hear about what they're doing. Also, we have InterVarsity. Emily is here. Here's Emily. So Emily will be back there. So for those of you who are at Trent or those of you young adults that are interested in connecting with InterVarsity, please stop by and see her. Uh, as well. So what I want to do as we close is I want to invite you to stand. We're just going to pray for these individuals and organizations. Um, and of course, we can continue to pray for them in the weeks and months ahead. But I think it's just so important for us as a church to stand uh, with them. So Heavenly Father, 
We come together as a church family. God, we thank you for all that you are doing through these organizations and individuals. God, it's our desire that we could partner with them. It's our desire to support them. And so, God, we pray today that you would uh, help them to uh, raise the resources that they need, that we could be part of that, that, that you would bring them the volunteers and the wisdom that they need to continue these ministries. Lord, help us as a church to continue uh, to breathe life and to support these incredible organizations. And God, all of it we pray would be for your glory and the good of your people. And we just ask for your uh, hand to be upon these organizations and individuals. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, that's it from us. Thank you so much for joining. Please stay connected with us. Be sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's Pathway Church PTBO. Hey, God is at work in this world, and we feel so blessed that we get to be a part of what he is doing. Have a great day wherever you're at, and we hope to see you soon.